I'm talking with Alana Glazer, uh, who is uh, somebody who I have followed for some time, like I hope many of you, a big fan of the Comedy Central series Broad City. And if you haven't seen this, uh, I think it's still on On Demand or whatever. People can find it. It's uh, on Hulu, and it's oh, definitely it's on, on oh, yeah. Comedy Central's app. On their thing. Yeah, yeah, on their okay. thing. Once you start watching this, you won't be able to stop. <laughs> <laughs> because it's true it's well it's just there's nothing like it and when you started you and your cohort uh abby jacobson Woo. so the so these two young women um well i'm gonna let you describe how you came up with this idea but in my opinion having watched television since you know i come from the days of being a tyke and i love lucy is is on tv so i think i've seen the gamut and you took it to a whole new level and uh, it was powerful and profane and profound. <laughs> I'm out of P words, <laughs> but um, perverse. It it was perverse. <laughs> it, and, and you've you stopped doing it. Was it last year uh, or is it? Yeah, almost, last year was our final season in 2019. Final, yeah. So I assume you guys got the idea to do this show because it looks like. You are actually those friends mm. in real life, <laughs> sort of, so yeah. I assume. Yeah. But you said and did things that the culture and the society for decades would not either allow or um, would be repulsed by. <laughs> <laughs> not that they weren't on the, from the show. <laughs> well, that's it. You, 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 you crossed the line. You crossed the line on the first episode. You crossed the line of what the way you're supposed to be as good young women who are to behave in a certain way, you reject all of that. You immediately don't give a shit about <laughs> anything, which I, as people who listen to this podcast, oh, by the way, you're listening to the podcast. Uh, it's called Rumble with Michael Moore. I'm Michael Moore. This is Alana Glazer. Hi. Uh, <laughs> but I kept, as I kept watching the series, I just thought, how are they doing this? How are they getting away with it? Where are the standards and practices people at the oh network? Oh my God. They, were, they must have been on you, right? Christy. Hey, Christy. Christy. <laughs> Just, it was tough. <laughs> they, they were like, they were very, oi. They were like, oi. And we would talk out how things yeah. could work so that they had an argument had they been sued. Um, it was an amazing, it was an amazing experience. But like to talk to the S&P people, women in their, mm early to mid to late 20s like that was a that was a, a really unique i first want to say thanks so much for having me it's such an honor to be here and oh. to be talking to you it's like oh my god to have an hour with michael moore is <laughs> amazing to me well likewise i mean it uh we first met uh it was a couple years ago right yeah. after trump's uh inauguration yep. and a bunch of us had a meeting i was called you were called others were called was it i think it was at um um, America's America's uh, America Ferrer's uh, apartment. Oh, we're just gonna drop the bold, bold, bold face names. I know, and I'm also like, what do episode. people think? Like about like you know what I mean, New York elite. But I'm just like, it's you know, talking to you and hearing about you coming from Michigan and your experience in New York. And I'm from Long Island. Like New York is all I know, right? Deeply, and it's like it amazes me how small town New York City is. Actually, yes, it's so huge and it's so 
busy and diverse and industrious, but it's also small town. Right. But just to speak to the broad yeah. city of it all for yeah. a second, um, God bless Abby Jacobson, Abby. Um, that really was, it, it. you know, we're not like exactly those people, but we pulled out those extreme parts of ourselves from each other. And uh, Broad City was like, I, I will, I just cherish it. It's my favorite TV show. And I've watched a lot of TV too. And also I came up watching, um, I just watched, wore out my tapes of I Love Lucy as a kid. Uh, right. But we like needed it to end for personal growth because we had been inside this box that we created. And it's, it's crazy out here. <laughs> it's crazy out here in non-Broad City world. Like just... Um, it's a it's a totally different life experience not living inside the show, and we both mm. needed it. Um, but that doesn't mean that you know I'll speak for myself. It doesn't mean I don't miss it. You know, I needed this like yeah. space to develop as an individual, but um, I, I mean, miss it so much. The space you're in now, yeah, and so like you and Abby are, are not working together. We're producing some stuff together because yeah. we're we're good at producing together, and it's right. it's efficient, and we're good at it, and. Um, you know, our, our ideas, it's just really fun to like talk about a project and then pitch stuff and then meet in the middle. We, we love that. Yeah. But um, we're working on separate individuals right. on, on our individual careers. And it's it's the first time that we're doing this, really. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. It's not John and Paul. No, it's all good. It's all, it's it's, all good. It's actually better because there's all this space now for real for us to be actually ourselves and not in the context of making something being that character gathering life experience for the work it's mm. it's more just like it's a little scary you know it's not like we're like um it's not like we have stuff set up to talk all the time like we did before but um it's i'm i'm cherishing the freedom inside which to like organically mm. see what comes up in our friendship one of the I think wonderful things about the show and the relationship between the two of you on the show is that you are, um, how should I put this? You are two heterosexual women who have an intimate love uh, for and with each other. It's so, it was so kind of, I know it's a comedy, but it was so powerful to see that in, in, in whatever the deepest, darkest moments were that you knew that you had each other and that and that when you wanted to cuddle with somebody right <laughs> it was with hey, your best friend thank you for seeing that um in us and that love we are we do both identify as queer which actually like deepens <laughs> deepens that yeah. the tension of that love yeah. more because you know it is like in your 20s there you you find these friends who are your partners in life Right. And sometimes people go for that partner. Like I do feel like Alana and Abby on the show could have chosen to like build a life together, but they were building a life. And, you know, the show ended because the like the characters needed we as individuals and the characters needed space for right. individual growth. But sometimes I'm like, you know, these I have friends from my 20s where I'm like, I could have um partnered with them you right, know like right. and now that i'm i'm 32 i have a partner i'm married mm. to a partner and like so much of it is a choice a consistent cho choosing again and again of your partner that i'm like i i could have done this with inti or matt or abby you know it's like it's it's kind of yeah. it's not this magical thing that tv and film always pretends 
love is. It's it's no, work. He, it's work. Seems, it's beautiful work, but yeah, it's work. But the show really you presented a way for us to have yes, we may be married or you have a partner or whatever, but there are other people that you can have this special relationship right. with that um you must have gotten fan mail or whatever from people saying, geez, I hope to find somebody mm-hmm. like Abby yeah. or Ilana yeah. in my and life someday to have that kind of, of, I don't even know if there's a word for it yet, but that kind of friendship that is- Partnership, so, life partnership. Life partnership. And that and that being married doesn't negate having that right. with somebody. But I would guess the person that you're married to or your your partner in real life- uh, um, some people might be threatened by that kind of intimacy right. and closeness uh, with somebody that you literally do share everything with mm-hmm. and not just what I did today mm-hmm. at work. Right. But, but um, you're, you're essential. You could see watching the two of you, the, the melding of your souls. Oh. And it was, it's, it's, I know this is not why people came to Broad City, <laughs> but once there, and and through all the humor and all the the bodiness and all the, the 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 things of just trying to get by in the shitty jobs of right. of of to try and even pay the bills living in Brooklyn or New York City or whatever it's it's uh you know and you show that you show what it's like for the generation after me the and the millennials who um you know, I posted this thing online a couple of days ago saying those of you boomers who don't understand why so many millennials are for Bernie, uh, it's it may be because you're not aware of the fact that the things that you got and take for granted, we went to college for free. Yep. Um, my dad had a high school education, was a factory worker, and we never paid a single copay deductible. Wow. Uh, eyeglasses were free. The dentist was free. Ugh. This is the 1960s. Wild. The dentist was free. Crazy. This isn't like a radical new idea. This is the way we, anybody who grew up in a union household, I remember in Flint, uh, next uh, two doors down, their dad was a bagger at the local A&P supermarket. Mm-hmm. Just a bagger. Yeah. It was a union job. Wow. And everybody in that family got to see a doctor, got to see a dentist, got to see all. Because they should. They're like collecting, (laughs) safely collecting your food and nourishment for the week. (laughs) All these jobs are really important and make up society. And just to like, um, just a thought I had when you were saying about like boomers taking for granted uh, things that we had. You know, Broad City really showed this new type of life partnership that was previously not in the script that baby boomers had written after World War II. Oh, life looks like this. Yeah. And I don't think um, we the culture had gotten the chance to see a partnership this um, platonic yet romantic. Yet, and there is sexuality as a part of it, but these people aren't fucking, you know. And and they have other partners. It it was kind of polyamorous. It was queer and fluid. We, I I feel like the post-World War II generation took for granted what life is supposed to look like. You get a family, you get a partner, you get a family, you have like a certain, you know, education, you go to college and 
it's um but that wasn't granted to everyone right equally yeah and it wasn't being um admitted that it wasn't being granted to everyone equally it was like sort of like the suburbs were invented and they were like isn't this great but it's like we weren't looking at the whole our country wasn't looking at the whole picture mm. and you know it's uncomfortable to have to look at a bigger picture than we're used to but I'm so grateful it's happening right now. I'm so grateful to be witnessing this uh, consciousness, this right. rise in consciousness. Just again, for the people who uh, sadly have not seen uh, Broad City, um, let's just give them a little uh, little uh, exa- uh, example of, of it. it. And hmm. um, 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 maybe we can pl- actually play a, a clip of it and we'll fit it in this whole. Right oh, here, that's Basil. hot. But give, uh, give us a couple examples of your favorite uh, episodes that really kind of, and I could do the, I'll do the same, uh, too. Um, but I'd love to know what, what you think it is. Cause people ask me, you know, I've never, I've never seen any of your films. If I were to watch just one, what would it be? And I, I, I know exactly that one that they should watch. Cause it has, it has in that film, it has everything I believe in. Which one? <laughs> it's called capitalism, a love story. Some top Broad City apps. Well, yeah, especially for when somebody says to you, yeah, you know, I, I miss the show, you know, yeah. but I've heard people like it. What's it about? And, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just, it's because it, it's, it, it's, well, go, I'll let you, you, you do yours and then I'll tell you my favorite episodes of yours. It's so wild too, like to look back and we made 50 episodes. I'm like, damn, I, I, I can't even, <sighs> I can barely wrap my head around Start it. with some of the jobs that you and Abby would have on the show you would get hired <laughs> so i mean our, our big jobs in the show were uh i worked at this place called deals 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 <laughs> that was in real life called life booker a like groupon basically a groupon spinoff for health and beauty services that abby and i actually worked at our um our main director lucia Agnello, who's also a writer and also an actress she played smelly pussy donna in season five um Lucia worked there first. LOL, are you loving Smelly Pussy Donna? No, I'm just saying <laughs> they that we never got to see that episode of I Love Lucy. <laughs> right, that's right. You know, and it's funny like how you talk about like we went where nobody has gone before, but like, I mean, thank God we were ignorant in this way. But, you know, I started comedy, I was 19. Abby was maybe 22 or 23 when she moved to New York. And mm. we grew up in comedy. So we didn't really realize how um, you know raunchy this would be perceived as or scandalous because we're doing shows every night hearing people's whatever bodily humor sex humor you know like I, I still am like oh right that's naughty I, I don't even realize it because that's kind of like how we came up so one thing that was super naughty that I didn't realize it was going to be oh so our jobs let me start there so deals 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 so we actually worked there Lucia did um, Lucia worked at Life Booker it's now defunct and then I, then she got me a job there, and I got Abby a job there, and we did sales for these mm-hmm. deals, convincing spas to do like a, a coupon so that people would have an influx of business, but business at a discounted rate. I who knows. Um, and then Abby worked at kind of like an Equinox um, as a cleaner, as right. as like a custodian of the Equinox, wiping down the machines and yeah. the restrooms. <laughs> yeah, and she really wanted to be a trainer, right? But she really, really wanted to be an artist. And like some of my favorite episodes, Pussyweed cracks me up. That was like uh, Abby wants to uh, buy her own pot. Alana wants to do her own taxes. And it is revealed that Alana stores her um, weed in her pussy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Mm. 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 <laughs> oh my god. Um, Alana, yeah. you just pulled a bag of pot out of your vagina. I know. Why, why would you do that? I do it all the time. Honestly, it's the safest way to travel. Apparently, I have been smoking this tainted weed for I don't even know how long. Tainted. I didn't mean that. This is disturbing to me. I, I don't know what to tell you. It's in a bag. And, you know, the vajanya is nature's pocket. It's, it's natural and it's responsible. Shouldn't even be bumming off of you. Oh, who cares? No, I'm an adult. I should be buying my own pot. Wow. Never thought this day would come, you know? And uh, right. it's the safest, you know, most odorless place to um, keep your uh, keep your weed, especially when flying. Right, um, right. So that was, that was one that was, like, more scandalous. Uh, another one, like the pegging episode, is one of my absolute favorites. Um, yeah, explain this. So Abby... Um, finally gets the chance to go on a date with her hot neighbor while um, Alana is dealing with the death of her grandma. Mm. And uh, she and her mother, my mom, Susie Essman, on mm -hmm. the show, yeah. um, her mother is like uh, having trouble dealing with the sadness. So she's like really focused on buying um, like knockoff bags. Oh, it's called knockoffs. Buying knockoff bags in Chinatown. So um, while uh, Abby goes on this date, she realizes that uh, her hot neighbor that she's like coveted for so long is um, into pegging men who want to be penetrated by a woman mm -hmm. um, with a strap on on. Mm -hmm. And Abby fucks up the like strap on dildo the next morning and has to go buy her own knockoff of this dildo. <laughs> and then meanwhile, Alana and Susie are buying knockoff bags. They're doing it successfully, even though right. it's like a really challenging um journey or a testing journey and uh this moment i really love that like what how you speak to the life partnership displayed in broad city so abby like calls alana and she's like uh she's like nervous about pegging this neighbor and calls alana um to ask her like if she should do it and alana's like you obviously are prepared to do this because you're calling me to talk about it you know i would say yes that kind of friendship where it's like yeah. you know your friend better than they know themselves or right. you know your partner better right. than they know themselves right right um so she ends up pegging him but it ends in disaster because of the knockoff dildo and alana and susie get arrested because it looks like they're selling their knockoffs uh. <laughs> <laughs> cut or uncut cut Oof, elegant and girth listen dude i'm freaking the f out right now so we were throwing it and i was like we should switch positions and then he throws me a strap on hold please hello i get one too and i think the rest are just gonna be extra so yeah alana control yourself excuse me i'm on the phone jesus alana a dream come true. Thank you for sharing this with me. Dude, I'm calling for advice. Oh, sorry. Okay, so start by lubing up the head. No, and I'm not even sure if I'm gonna do it. What is not to know? This is once in a lifetime. It's going to have passed. Ab, all throughout college, I slept with a strap-on on just in case the opportunity came along that you have handed to you on a silver platter. I don't know, I just envisioned being with Jeremy in like a lot of different ways, but not, not this way. We are going to my grandmother's shiva 
okay? The reason I'm not sitting and crying is because that badass bitch did everything she ever wanted to. You want to go to the grave dreaming of Jeremy's hairy, adorable little butthole? Or do you want to die knowing that you brought him pleasure by plowing it like a queen? I just don't know, Anna. Bitch, you know. You wouldn't have called me if you didn't. <sighs> Paul W. Downs and Lucia Agnello wrote that one. They were um, our main writers in mm. Broad City. And, you know, I think when Abby and I write stuff, it it is one thing. When we wrote with Paul and Lucia, it was like double the thing because they're their own life partners, um, actually, you know, romantic partners, writing partners, just this like sort of too many layers on right. one friend, on one relationship vibe like how abby and i have in one of the episodes you go down to florida to uh this is where Susie, your mom that's one of my faves is living but but i'm, I'm trying to remember the one with the gun the grandmother is she still your grandmother is still alive now she had so, passed yeah. so she had passed but yes this is a great episode thank you so much it's um, one of my absolute favorites oh absolute favorites because like I grew up going to Florida. Like that was like all we where the only place we'd go for vacation because my grandma lived there. And first of all, where we filmed was my grandmother's condominium. Wow. <laughs> I know. Complex. That place looks so real. It's so it's unbelievable and it's too good. And I directed it and I was like, I know where we're gonna end up. You guys can show me locations or whatever, but it's gonna be at uh the what we called Darlington Lakes. It's gonna be where my parents have already like bought their own condo um, mm-hmm. just last year to snowboard. The, the condo association meeting where the, the person <laughs> who's running is just, is is so racist. That's right. That uh, it go the, the person goes so far with it. It's it's so, when you cut away to the audience, the the, the condo owners that are right. sitting in the, the community room of Darlington Lakes, right. um, they're all just listening to her like, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. <laughs> it's like with the way white people are sometimes. That's either. right. And there are maybe there are one or two that are offended. Yeah. But, um, and of course, you guys are right. horribly offended. We're like, oh shit! You know, like I was so excited to be able to finally like explore that experience in my life, which, you know, I grew up on Long Island, which was designed to be racially segregated, and these condominium complexes are for a long time, we're super segregated. They're becoming more diverse now, but this thing of like uh, growing up and realizing how the system works is, uh, it's really trippy. And Mm -hmm. Florida, that was like my experience with Florida where I was like, it's lovely, but it's really, it's racist. Even in these communities where, Mm -hmm. you know, um, people from the Northeast who are going down there think that they're progressive, but um, it's not the case. But this is, and this is what you guys did so, um, so brilliantly. And, and I wish we just had more of this. And, and, uh, and that is the use of humor when discussing things political. Generally, when we have these political discussions, it's very serious. It's very, and, and I think it does, I think with, especially like where I come from in the Midwest, it turns people off or they just, you know, it's. Yeah, yeah, you know, okay, right. Um, but you took that issue about gun ownership and the the American desire mm. to have the gun and did it with your satire that I thought, wow, this is the thing. that the, If we're trying to convince anybody about, you know, gun control and the need for it or whatever, just watch this episode of Broad mm. City. What's the name of the episode? Florida. 
Oh, it's called Florida. Okay, yeah. right. And you directed it. 407, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you must have been very proud of that because it really, I mean, so yeah, okay, so it's the fourth season of how many seasons ultimately? Seven? Five. Five. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, and you only did 50. Guys, it feels like you did yeah. 500. And Jen them. Statsky wrote that episode too. And she is so good at like tight jokes, punching mm. like the, the dense jokes in each. Um, ep- like in in her episodes, that was so great for Florida because it was we were being rude about the state, but also like having love for it too. The Darlington Lakes Executive Board will now confer to make a decision regarding the new tenants. I wonder how long they'll take. We've reached a decision. That was really fast. Okay. Congratulations, ladies. Oh, oh my God. You're the new residents at Darlington Lakes. Thank you guys so much. You're so cute. We are family now. Yeah, you won't be sorry, we promise. Well, we'd rather have two young Jewish d**ks than a couple of Okay, so hopefully now people have an idea of what we're talking about here. Right. But especially um, the 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 profan- I don't want to say profanity. It's it's worse than that. The vulgarity. Mm. Yeah. Of, <laughs> of Broad City. That I see. I think comedy works best when the audience squirms a little. Mm-hmm. When you start to feel your personal discomfort, right? <laughs> you know that right. the the humorist, the comedian, the satirist has now touched the raw nerve that needs to be touched. So you guys didn't just do this every week. You did it like every few minutes mm. of every episode where. So even somebody like me, who I think I'm like, oh, I can handle anything. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, I've heard that before. And I'm like, whoa, yeah. they just didn't say that. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> oh, no, they're doing. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, this is good. Yes. I need to be confronted. Right. My privilege needs to be confronted. My whatever, my discomfort. Uh, it, it just, this is, I, 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 I would almost recommend watching this uh, show just for whatever therapy it will give you. I'm that talk- is so kind. Well, Thank it's you. true though. It's a catharsis watching this show, and and we don't get better, we don't change unless we are willing to have that raw nerve being touched. Right. And you're being so kind too. You give all this credit to your the writers and all this, but I want people to know that that this was yours and Abby's creation. Mm. There's a template that you formed. You as writers. Uh, that that then your writing staff, I assume, was taking this guidance uh, from. Yeah, we def- we we show ran it um, all five seasons, and uh, you were the showrunners. Yeah, the oh first season God, we had a showrunner. Idea. Yeah, but but starting in production, first season we took over as showrunners, and it was um, so hard and so intense, and we really like broke our backs on this show, but it was worth it because um, it ended up being this product that I would tell anybody, I would tell anybody to watch this show. And I know it's raunchy, but there's so much heart in it. Oh yeah, no, no, please, anybody who's listening, don't don't misunderstand me when I say the vulgarity of it. It's it's an honesty 
is yeah. what, what it really is. And it, and it will encourage you to reach into your inner thing that wants to, God, right. I wish I could say that. Right. I wish I could do that. Oh, I'm so glad. You know? It's such, it's so. That's uh, cathartic. It's so amazing to hear you say this, Michael Moore. It's crazy. Thank no, you. No, I know. It's, well, I was going to not to go back to the name dropping place where we met, but um, you came up to me and, and <laughs> you were surprised that I knew who you were. Shocked. Remember that? Shocked. And it, it was, I was like, LOL, what? And I was, who was, I was talking to somebody, but you were just patiently waiting for that conversation to end. And, and I'm, and I just started laughing because that I said, oh my God, are you kidding? You're like to anybody who wants to use humor in a, in a dangerous way. Um, you and Abby are gods of this. Oh my God. Thank you. No, but but look, I'm not, I'm not trying to be nice about this. I'm just saying we live in a time where we need this desperately. And I'm sure you heard from fans of the show, please don't go, Mm. you know, not now we need you. Yeah. Just this, like when you're just like, or just in talking about during Broad City and post Broad City, something that I'm learning is the, um, or, or realizing for the first time, you know, Abby and I were in this Broad City bubble and now outside of it, I'm like, oh, these points are really strong that we're making. Whereas before I was like, this is an average Alana Glazer point to make. This is an average Abby Jacobson point to make. This is an average Abby and Alana, you know, for us it was like normal. So now that I'm, I'm, um, you know, focusing on stand up, which I'll tell you about this tour in a minute. Yeah. But it's, and also with my, my stand up special that came out in January, the planet is burning. The planet is burning. It's on Amazon. That's right. Right. You know, people are like, how do you decide what, kind of how political to be and i'm like i don't even necessarily see this as political i think i'm politicized because i'm a woman and a a youngish woman but um you know i don't even see it as political these are just like my views so i'm now realizing but that's why it's so good right because you don't you don't have a separation or segregation of these because you you how you figure this out as a teenager or somebody in their 20s from Long Island, no offense to Long Island, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I've driven it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. Look, we are all political in the sense that we just exist, that we exist in this on this planet, that we that you're a woman or you're African American, you're Latino, you whatever it is when and I'm, people have heard me say this before on the show when people say to you, uh, well, I'm not. I'm not interested in politics. Mm. And I always say to them, "Yeah, well, politics is interested in you because mm-hmm. it wants to have its hands on your reproductive organs. Right? It wants to do a whole bunch of things to you. So my advice is to to become aware of that. But the fact that you don't separate that out, mm. I think that's why this why this works in this and in, in your stand up special. And also, let's talk a little about the tour here. Uh, you formed this thing called the Generator Collective. That's right. So, but anyway, but explain this 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 thing that you uh, have invented uh, with a couple of your cohorts, uh, the Generator Collective. Yeah. And these Jenny, what do you call them? Uh, Jenny socials. Jenny socials <laughs> that you do around the country. So you say you're going on tour. Yeah. And everybody listening to this is going, oh, okay, yeah, here now here's the plug for the tour. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a because we haven't invented certain words yet because we are in a transition right now. I don't know if anybody's noticed, um, but we don't have a word for what you do yet. Mm-hmm. So we'll call it a tour. Yeah. 
but there is something else going on. Why don't you ex- explain this? So, um, okay, so Generator Collective, I co-founded with my co-founder, Glennis Mahar, and we have also a um, founding board member, Doug Melville. Um, we have founded this Generator Collective. It's a couple components. One is an online component, which, oh my gosh, I'm going to um, ask you to do, Michael, after this podcast. Okay. It's just It just lives on Instagram in the form of two camera videos. Yeah. And it's about um, connecting people's everyday life experience with policy to help us understand, to help me and Glennis. You know, we found a generator because we needed generator. We needed to understand that policy affects our everyday lives. We're voting for the quality of our lives. That's what voting um, allows us to do. Do you want us to hold... Oh no! You mean because the, no, no, this is New York City. Okay, dope, dope, You know dope. what it co- the 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 cost of the sound right. effects it would cost me to, to put that in? No, no, I love, <laughs> great, I love. Great, great. We don't we don't get to hear this in Hemlock, Michigan. Right, awesome, awesome. The, the chaos, I love it. Okay, yeah, great. no, no, no. It's it's uh, oh, it's music. I love it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Excellent. Um, that's how you best fall asleep, I imagine, with fire fire trucks and all that. Yeah, there's a firehouse right on the street here. Amazing. You know, amazing. And, I, and I tell people back home, I said that this apartment of mine in New York, which is where we're recording, this used to be the guest bedroom. Mm-hmm. Now there's no guest bedroom. Right. So like friends and family can't yeah. crash in New York. But it's worth it. But uh, it, yeah, no, it's, it. Um, anyways, but uh, you were in the middle before the fire trucks interrupted right. you. So Generator is a collective of an online movement about um, two camera videos that live on Instagram about how policy affects a normal person's everyday life. Our goal is to lower the barrier of entry to talking about politics and um, government. Then we have two. Thank you, by the way, for that. It's you know. it's our pleasure. And yeah. again, we and our honor and our duty and we need it. Generator was founded to gather and talk about politics without feeling stupid, without feeling uneducated enough. Our gut feelings about how our lives operate is enough That's to be enough. able to talk about politics. That's correct. So we're made up of that online uh, on that online movement and then two in-person components. The first is a talk series where I interview politicians and activists to investigate at the Homer Simpson level how this system works. It's made elusive so that we feel stupid asking about it and then just keep um, whatever walking down the path that the very few and the very rich have created. And uh, again, it's like, I, I bite the bullet for the audience because I'm comfortable saying, I don't know. I don't know what that means. What do you mean by that? What does that mean? Right. I don't know that. Right. Um, which we don't hear a lot. We hear a lot of talking heads being like, and then another thing. I'm like, this is too much yeah. like research. I don't have the time for research. I have the yeah. time to be a human being living in this world. And that's like the um, experience I'm lending in that, uh, in that portion. And the final component to the collective uh, is... Jenny Socials, they're voter empowerment dance parties. We dance for 15 to 20 minutes and then we interrupt with really quick, I call them uh, synagogue announcements, just like uh, announcements at the end of um, Shabbat when the whatever rabbi is just saying quick announcements or I imagine they do the same thing in church about like whatever the goings on. We do like a quick- They say, well, the owner of the Buick Regal <laughs> yeah. with the license plate number exactly. M3. Exactly. <laughs> Please, <laughs> your lights are still on. Exactly. Sorry. So we interrupt with like five minutes of, um, for anybody who's like interested in voting, the next election is this at this point, and, and we have like upcoming election information. Sometimes we have candidates in the upcoming election. Other times we have um, uh, people from Indivisible who are activists mm-hmm. and can tell mm-hmm. us, you know, what's going on in the area. Right. Um, and we're also pushing uh, the 
um, Eric Holder his message of the census. Right. He we had Eric Holder on on the generator live, and I interviewed him and um, learned we learned how important the census was. So we're trying to get the word out for that. All the uh, profits from our um, well, okay. So this tour in March that I'm about to go on is half stand up, half Jenny socials. I'm going to nine cities and uh, doing comedy in nine cities. And then in most of those cities, eight of the nine, we're doing Jenny socials. I'm staying two nights in each city, comedy and Jenny socials. Okay. So give me, give me an example of a city. Uh, Washington, D.C. Okay. Washington, D.C. Um, so you're going to be there on such and such a date. Yep. I buy a ticket to go to your stand up. Yep. There. And then you can ha- like. Your, your basic stand up show. Yep. Right. Okay. And then what? And then the next night, or in this case, it's reverse. We're starting the tour on Super Tuesday with the Jenny Social. Mm. And then, so that's March 3rd in D.C. at the Pearl Street Warehouse. And then in the um, the next night, March 4th, I'm doing a stand-up show. So if you live in D.C., you can get me for two nights and you can see the two sides, like two of my sides, basically. <laughs> and uh, I will not only entertain you, but I hope to serve and inform the audience, too, about their upcoming elections. Uh, now the Jenny Social is that a separate ticket uh, from the? Yeah, it's a separate event, a separate but it's like event. I'm in your town for two days. If you want to hang, come right. at me. And and the dance parties are so fun. There's real dancing. There is like we like get down. We are so wow. sweaty. We dance so hard. And the we've done a couple of them in New York. The power. We didn't realize how powerful it was going to be to pair um, joy with the right to vote. It becomes this celebration where you're mm. physically uh, celebrating the right to vote. And right. it makes you so, it makes me so proud to be an American. That's that's right. what it means to live here is supposedly a democracy and a republic. And it feels really good to dance for that. I had RuPaul on a couple of weeks ago on my podcast. And he said, you know, there's no dancing anymore. Like, mm. like let's go out dancing. Where do you go? There's mm. so few places that have dancing now. Amazing. There are dance clubs that used to be everywhere. Right. And and he's been thinking, thinking a lot about that as to in this transition that we've been in for good and bad. Um, the bad part of it is uh, we've had three years of of uh, what I call this malaise that everybody is feeling it. Mm-hmm. And he said maybe people don't feel like dancing anymore and that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm so happy to hear. I got to tell him about that's, this. I'm, I'm going to uh, tell. Like that's you're you're lighting me up here because it's it's so important. It's so it's so. Um, so tell me if I if I show up in D.C. Uh, so be Tuesday night at the Pearl Street Warehouse. Yep. Okay. Uh, so I so I walk in. I'm not known as a dancer. Right. I'm just. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> are you sure uh no i'm not sure i've never really explored it i don't know if you if you've i I would, I would love to see your moves oh my god oh no 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 it'd have to be behind a screen it'd have to <laughs> no it doesn't no dancing is good and it's vulnerable you're giving something to the people around you when you dance but the way i sound when i talk about the dancing yeah is how you just describe how people feel about politics or they don't know they don't because well, you feel like right. you, you don't know enough, or you that's don't know. Right. I don't know what that means, and I and so you kind of check out. That's right. You see the invisible. Do not enter sign that's on the right. political door. Yep. No entry. Yep. And so you're you're in the process of taking that sign off the door. That's right. But the vulnerability that I was just you know you mm-hmm. just saw me here kind of yeah. curl up like <laughs> please don't make me dance. No seriously, I was one of those boys like in high school. I go with the other guys to the high school dance that we we'd find the darkest corner oh my god so funny of the gym or the cafeteria or whatever hoping no girl 
would approach us <laughs> to dance. And like, you know, it's it's that's funny you say that. Like, you don't have to dance. You know, you don't have to dance to come to a Jenny social. Like, it feels good sometimes to just, you know, I love to dance. So I walk in though. Tell me what I walk in. It's what, so you walk in. What time is it? You're uh, it's seven. Seven o'clock. I think okay. it's about seven o'clock. And okay. um, it's a really safe space for dancing. We notice women really get down because they know that if something happened, they would be backed up here. Mm. It's a it's a mm. really safe, inclusive okay. space for dancing, and it's nerdy. Like you, you have a DJ or mm-hmm. we got okay. a sick DJ. We got Love Lisa in the first leg of our tour and then Cypher Sounds like oh, a, a, a so, New York legend okay. uh, for the second part of the tour. Um, and we start dancing. We like, uh, you know, people are buzzing around. They have like. Um, are you out there? Are you dancing? Yeah. So, so you, when the show starts, we dance for 20 minutes. We like lose our minds. We sweat. We shake our asses. We're like grinding. We're going hard. Right. And then we, me and Glennis grab, grab our clipboards and we're like, hold on one second, you guys. Okay. We just have a few, a few uh, announcements to make. And we talk about the upcoming elections or the census or people that they're going to meet tonight. Um, activists that they can count on. Um, like here's some people from Indivisible. Yep. Now, how do you, how do you not? How do you prevent the buzzkill from happening? Because you've started out with a great dance party. You've gotten by by minute seventeen. Yep. I have gotten up out of my chair, and right. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the risk and, right. do, and, do, and, and do this. <laughs> we keep it tight, and then we keep dancing. And mm-hmm. it's like it's maybe a. It's, well, so you go back to the dancing. Yeah, yeah. So how 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 much of the politics? Uh, I would in, say there are like um, in between three to five interruptions, and the interruptions For how long? the interruptions are like five minutes tops. Oh. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it's like the whole goal with Generator is to invite people to know that this system is theirs. So it's like, you know, the the GOP is doing their best job to be as ugly as possible, just mm. as as hideous, as um, cheap, as rude, as excluding as possible. And Generator is here to say, I know it's hard to look at that over there, but this is also politics. And politics is us. It's not a few people in a castle. Politics is, is in America, it's supposed to be the people. So look at us, we're hot, we're dancing. Mm-hmm. And it's about two hours, cause then I'm like exhausted. And right. um, it's so it's so powerful. People get so stoked at our last, um, and then all our, of our, 100% of our profits, our ticket profits are going to the bail project. So if you show up, you're helping uh, cash bail be paid for people in your area oh, wow. you are contributing to your area you know and cash cash bail is slavery remixed absolutely so Something you are, we have to get rid of so you are helping your area beat that remix of slavery wow it's really it's 100 percent of the profits so in the way after you pay the hall yeah or the, whatever the location is just once we the, cover our costs you know costs. we're we're yeah. like putting this together we are you know we're we're it's a it's a grassroots operation at this point and we hope right. to build us like a structure of support because we really um we've seen so so much um we've seen just so much like fire and fuel happen from you know very little uh coordination organization some conversations some dancing but it goes a long way people really are desperate to feel included and right. not um we're made to be disgusted right now with right. the way that politics is working. So if you go to a Jenny social, you're not going to be shamed because you don't know something about what's going on. You will be on. embraced for not You'll knowing. Be, yes. And I will say, yeah, I don't know. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. Glennis, what yeah. is it? And Glennis is going to be like, well, you know, I did the research today and I like Googled it. But, you know, Indivisible will probably tell us better. We just embody the fact that right. we don't know everything. Right. And the fact that we like 
the fact that you have to grow up in D.C., study politics, work in D.C. to know how the system runs, that's fucked up. That's wrong. Right. No, that's so, I, I when people say to me, um, well, I stopped voting or I'm, I don't vote anymore. The Ooh. last thing, yeah, but you know, I want to embrace them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you just said. That's right. Don't shame them. But we know we, we the largest political party is the party of non-voters, 100 That's million right. people. That's right. And so oftentimes, if it's appropriate, uh, I will give them a hug uh, for being a non-voter. That's and they're awesome. shocked. They're shocked. And I'm like, no, 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 don't listen. I know you love this country. I don't know you personally, but I got to believe you love this country. And it's got to kill you not to vote. Right. That you want to say you're so pissed off about this, that or whatever. Or you wish you had, you know, didn't have to go to that second job. Just oh. to pay the bills. Oh my God! Wish that you knew you know? that if your if your back broke, you'd be taken care of by exactly. the country. Yeah, I mean, Lord, right, right, Lord. So the fact that you are essentially committing a a, a, a version of an act of civil disobedience, right, by right. by saying I refuse right. to participate in this system that has has screwed the working people of this country or whatever, I get that hundred percent. And so. So, so Ilana and I are here. This is pretending like, you know, I'm actually in. Right. <laughs> You've got me. Oh my God, I'm going to ask you've, you to come to one. So get ready. Out of the dance floor. And uh, we're just, we're here to, to say um, uh, you are righteous in your belief that this isn't working and it's hurt you and your family. Yeah. Um, we've got these other people here because we, we are constantly looking for the tunnel, the, the door out. Right of this mess we're in. Yep. And I know if you could join us in this, help us find it, we help you, we'll do this together. We're all in this together. We sink or swim together. I don't want to sink. Right. Um, and I have found that people are anxious to know and to learn about. Yeah. And like there's things. a lot of they, obstacles. They build obstacles. Absolutely. So So I'm also like, I don't blame you because it's so hard to figure out when to vote. I remember like showing up to vote for like state rep once generator got involved, I got I got excited to vote in even local elections, and I show up and there's there's no vote because it was an incumbent. But like I didn't even know that. You know oh, they I make know. it so hard. I've shown up for those, and you go in. There's just one name on the ballot. It's like a Soviet style election. <laughs> so, you know, oh my they god! All, they only need one candidate. <laughs> yeah. That's what you know. Why would you want two? Yeah. <laughs> I, I also um our my uh one of our DJs is. Uh, is a non-voter and he's like why would i why would i vote i'm you know he's puerto rican from the bronx what has he how has he seen himself represented in the system and i'm like it's actually really important that we have him djing these events because it's not about points winning points who's a voter who's not who's most engaged who's not it's just about understanding all aspects of the system and the non-voting block you're right is the biggest part of this system way bigger than the yeah. politicians yeah and i just want to say the the whole tour is called horny for the polls p-o-l-l-s we are horny for the polls here at generator and me as an individual as a stand-up horny for the polls so hungry horny thirsty starving to vote this year and to vote proudly and to vote uh on local elections that um make huge differences um, and we have this like pole dancing imagery uh, to pair it with. And also at the stand-up shows, we're going to have headcount uh, re- be registering people to vote. So if you're not registered to vote, you can actually get registered at my stand-up shows. Yeah. I, 
Okay. So, I clean, I, I glossed over horny for the polls, but no, 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 that's we okay, are horny because, for the well, polls. I, I follow you on Instagram. So Woo! in the last uh, week or so, uh, ah! there you are. Ah! It's hard to be hot. I, know, I have to turn away from the screen. I uh-uh, enjoy it. I Just know, enjoy no, it. I know, but it's like, it's like I'm back watching Broad City. Yeah. <gasps> She's not really doing Oh, she is doing oh! that. And that's another thing. I'm like, I thought this like to me like vulgarity is honestly wholesome because yes. what a, no. like what do babies do? They shit, they fart. Yes. You know what I mean? So like they want to like they paw at your breath. Like you know, it's like I just uh, I didn't realize like how like fire that was going to be. But damn. Oh no! I said to Basil here uh, the other day. I said I think this is what's gonna what's gonna defeat Trump. I think this is how we're fuck. gonna we're Michael gonna, Moore. We're gonna win fuck. because because Alana came up with horny for the polls. Oh my P-O-L-L-S. god. Glennis is out there losing her mind. But, yes, 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 but, yes. But 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 using but using poll images uh, mm-hmm. and not just the not, it's when I say an image. Yes, there is a logo that is a drawing of this. But there is also Ilana, um, on the on offering my body, offering her body to to save the country. While I still can, I while this currency. <laughs> has value i will offer it i, I saw you had emrata emily ratajkowski yes, yes, on your yes, podcast yes i actually gotta ask her because i'm horny to see her on the polls that's for fucking sure yeah. you know it's like i want to i want to start the thing and then invite others this is not about me but you right. you do have to offer yourself first right and yeah i like i took a pole dancing work <laughs> workshop from jesse cologne a pregnant polar she says there's a community of pregnant pole dancers in new york how wow. powerful, how much more, you cannot get more powerful than reclaiming what others have called sex work or reclaiming sex work as your work, as your art, as a pregnant woman. I mean, nuts. So she teaches me how to do some moves. And then we did this, um, my assistant, Emma, produced such a good job. This 23-year-old did such a good job producing this photo shoot and uh, well, that, So that thing that you've got on Instagram was produced by your 23-year-old assistant. Oh, yep. my God. God, and she did it such a good job. She did it a whole. Looks like a million dollars yes! was spent on it. <laughs> Emma, Emma Silvers, you did such a good job, Emma Silvers. She she gathered all the people. It was her her best friend was the photographer. Just like randomly, her best friend is an, an amazing photographer. Um, and she just put the whole thing together. And it's just uh, what we're gonna do on the tour. Also, is encourage people to post hot pictures, and then you swipe and do voting information. And you know what? Also, yeah. like you are so generous to say that um, horny for the polls and me um, doing uh, pole dancing photo shoots are going to defeat Trump. I really hope so and would be so happy if that were the case. Um, but what I also like about horny for the polls is that that's a, for a lifetime. You know, I am like, even if my ideal candidate and my ideal ticket, Bernie and Warren won in November, this is, we just have so much, we have so much to um, look at in ourselves. We have so much to explore as a country and it's like hard and scary, but it's, it's so exciting. It gives me like the juice, you know, fuel to move on. I hate this, like this fear mongering that we get. Um, it's so rude and it's so rude. Like children, I don't want children or even old people who've like lived this long life in this country. They have to hear about like how they are owned and dominated by the mm. government. It's yeah. gross. Yeah. It's gross. Like we can we can affect uh we can bring civic engagement into the culture for a lifetime. So I feel like you let us have our work cut out for us. Well, but the fact that you have thought of a different way to encourage civic engagement 
in a way that is not bad medicine that just tastes awful, but is right. fun and joyful and experiential and all the the things of why we like to be alive. That's right. You are so alive with this. Mm. And it's so, and when we, <laughs> once I get over my Catholic school embarrassment <laughs> of looking at you on, the, on Instagram, and it's not Aww. just not just the still photos. I mean, there is video of, uh, of this. Oh, I learned some moves. You, man, I don't know this. It looks, yes, it looks like it was choreographed by uh, uh, Gower Champion or whatever the, those two famous. Uh, wow. I mean, this is, but, 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 um, if I show up to the the Jenny Social, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna have to get on a pole or anything, right? No, uh, but say I am gonna ask you for DC. Like it would be so sick if you um, if you came to the DC one if you don't have Super Tuesday plans, mm. and then also you can hang the next night and watch stand up, and I'll entertain you and serve you. But I wouldn't be like dance, Michael. I'm gonna like make you uncomfortable. Right, you right. just sit on stage and hang, drink right. a beer, hang or whatever, right. drink tea, whatever the fuck you want. Right. You know, like. Generator is also about embracing nerdiness and like nerds are so hot and uh, voting is hot. And so like nobody's forced to do anything. You know, we we do have, you know, John David Washington, the Mm, actor. Mm -hmm. So John David grew up, he's my friend and he grew up going to North Carolina for the summers. His grandparents lived there. So I asked him if he would um, join us for a Jenny Social for uh, North Carolina. What I want to do is pair people with who have authentic relationships with a mm, place. Mm. And our bandwidth is limited. Um, so we haven't like booked it out with celebs or whatever. Mm. Um, where, but, where are you going? Are you coming to Michigan? Um, you're gonna, not, not yet. Not doing Detroit or not Ann Arbor yet. or anything like that? Um, no. So, where, but so you're going to Washington, D.C.? We're going D. to D.C., Atlanta, mm-hmm. North Carolina with John mm-hmm. David Washington. Okay. And then um, Philly, Boston, and Portland, Maine. Mm. Maine has a big... Uh, federal senatorial campaign coming up, mm. uh, election coming up. Um, and then Portland, Oregon, mm. Seattle, Washington, and Oakland. So you got the I-5 tour out there and the uh-huh. I-95 uh-huh. tour. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's so funny. Yeah. So we're, um, so we're just uh, like John David has an authentic, he grew up going to North Carolina every summer. Yeah. He doesn't, he's like, he's like, please don't make me say shit. And I was like, really? Like, the most and least you'd have to say is like, I'm John David Washington. I love this country and I love North Carolina and I'm so happy to be here. And that's mm, it. That's it. And then like a big part of the Jenny socials is to online canvas. While it is so important to knock on doors, um, Generator wants to define minimal civic engagement, hashtag minimal civic engagement and raise the bar off the floor for especially Gen Z and, Gen Z and millennials because that's who I feel I can reach. Mm-hmm raise the bar off the floor, an inch off the floor to just voting in the upcoming elections and canvassing once every four years. That is not too much to ask. That is not too much to ask. But some somewhere in the middle of that, and in addition to online uh, to um, canvassing is online canvassing. Take a hot picture of yourself, or if there's a hot picture that you haven't um, posted yet, tag it and then say swipe and then have voting election information. So you can, uh, we're gonna create, uh, and we're partnering with Vote Save America, creating like a online canvassing um, agenda for people to share with their local communities. Right. And and seriously, if just, if a thousand people did it. That's right. And 10 of their friends saw that, then it's 10,000. Right. And if 10 of their friends saw it, now it's a hundred thousand. That's right. And it can grow that fast. That's right. Um, people lose their minds. When, when Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez won because she did the grassroots calculations, yeah. lose their minds. How'd she do it? How'd she do it? 
some organization and effort and thought goes a long way yeah. because people power, you cannot replicate people power. No. Um, and Bernie's campaign, I mean, you know, that grassroots, that grassroots effort is, is what is great about being alive, as you put it. Right. That's what's great about being right. alive, connecting with other human beings. That's yeah. all we all want. Yeah, and you'll have fun doing it and you'll meet people. And That's what I always say, activism. Yeah. If you're sick, <clears throat> I like hated, I mean, I did comedy because, I mean, one reason I did comedy was like to hook up with people. I right. don't wanna go, I've ne I have never been on a date. The first date I was on, I married the guy. You know what I mean? Like right. there's no, like as a, <laughs> as a radical woman such yeah. as myself, yeah. it's hard to go on like normal dates. Right. So like comedians is like where I hooked up with people and dated or whatever you would call it. I didn't never like like getting drunk in a bar and not yeah. knowing if I was going to get home safely. Well, activism and Jenny Socials is a really safe way to meet people who are at least a little engaged and and not total shitheads. And may share your values. Yeah. Um, things you believe in, things you care about. Right. Uh, there's a lack of narcissists at uh, these political events mm. because people aren't there because they're just thinking, "What's in it for me?" Right. You know. How will I gain from Bernie's tax plan or right, whatever? Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like no, it's a sense of community, of wanting to be together. That's it's, right. It's why it's one thing to watch your special on TV alone, watching Amazon. It's a whole different experience to be in that theater, to be in that that space with That's you right. on the stage. And there's 500 people. There's a thousand people. There's I don't know how many thousands are come in these places you've booked but man that's the experience that's why the movies and theaters won't die right because people Oof, love to hear that no yes. it, it, it won't die for two reasons people need to get out of the house yep and be with other people and number two sadly because of of latter-day capitalism greed incorporated the only um thing now that you can really afford that everybody can afford to do even though you've got the shittiest job there's still, there's a matinee, there's some time right. where you can still see a movie, other than the very large cities, you can still see a movie for six, seven, eight, nine dollars. Yep. You can't go to a Knicks game for nine dollars. Right. You, you know, you can't think of the other, you can't go to the Elton John final tour. Right. For, for nine dollars. Yeah, that's right. You can go to clubs and see comedians, you know. Yep. Promise to have a couple drinks. Yep. And you can go to the movies. That's and right. That's, so comedians and filmmakers are the last places where working people can still go out and have a night with each other. You know, it was like, it's also like one thing that I like about the Horny for the Polls tour is like, if you don't want to think about politics, come laugh. If you don't want to laugh or whatever, come dance. And if you want to dance, come dance, or you can have like both. But um, in having like more time for stand-up since Broad City has ended, I've been able to really indulge in the political power of stand-up. And I'm not even talking like, you know, pushing Bernie or a candidate. I mean, just like the the power to travel the country and see my country has right. is like, it's so beautiful and the different vibes, but everyone's like the same in certain core ways as in wanting to just be connected and, you know, those human experience ways. Right. Um, and and there are differences and different vibes. It's it's such a privilege that I do not take lightly. Mm. And I'm really excited to have built into this tour a way to um, give back to these communities with yeah. uh, you know voting information. So, I, so you've said in here twice that you've you've endorsed Bernie. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, um, but then you also mentioned the Bernie Warren uh, yeah. ticket. You know, I'm like this this divisive nature where it's like Bernie's my guy and nobody likes a candidate Bernie because he's my guy. No, he's my guy because I find his message to be the most reduced and distilled and concentrated over the longest period of time. I think he's been crafting his message about inequality for, for uh, the wealth gap, for wealth inequality for the longest time. Wealth inequality points to um, healthcare, to systematic racism. He encompasses all the subsidiaries of his points with the basic, simple message. I also think that at this time, um, a white guy is who has to be on stage with Trump. Really? I do. I, and I, I, oh. I, it's, it's sad for me to, it, it's hard for me to say, and it makes mm. me sad, but I, I just think that Trump has <clears throat> been um, publishing anti-woman propaganda yeah. so loudly with mm. such a loud microphone for four years that I just, um, I just think that uh, that makes Bernie more likely to win. Mm. Um, what was it? 98% of black women voters voted against Trump. 98%. There's no group that equals that number. I know. And it's like such a shame that we can't honor our black women rightfully, the yeah. rest of us, by, you know, taking their cues, that voting block being important to, you know, maybe moderate white people, you know, for, for that voting block to inform right. the rest of us. Right. But I just wanted to say for as much as, as, as excited I am about Bernie, and I actually have been, I just did a club in Vermont to prepare for this tour, and I was actually like working on some Bernie material. I do think this is going to be, I do think that this four years is about toxic masculinity. You know, Trump yeah. is the Mickey Mouse for tro toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. He is toxic masculinity's mascot. Mm -hmm. um, so the, I do think. The, the Trump Harvey years. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. exactly what this is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, things happened the way that they happened. I don't think, I think it took having a, a proud sexual predator in the White House, someone who's bragged about mm -hmm. sexual mm -hmm. predation, mm -hmm. having them in the White House to have women rise up and say, well, then if I, if I need that in my government, then I can't have that in my fucking movies. Mm -hmm. I think that we mm -hmm. have are convicting Harvey because Trump is in office. Mm -hmm. um, but all that being, so that's why I think, and that's another reason with, Bernie, because I think this is a race about toxic masculinity. Um, but, you know, I, I don't like that, like the idea of like, well, if I choose one, then the rest fall to the wayside. No, Elizabeth Warren is a fucking badass yeah. genius who knows her shit. Yeah. I believe in her plans. You know, my my husband and I, after watching the debates, we were saying, I wish I was just I wish that was wh why are we doing the games pretending like this is a normal election? Bloomberg get out of here what what game is he winning this is yeah. nonsense it would be so badass if he weren't running all yeah. these other candidates it's about warren and and bernie clearly and i wish they were just on stage talking about what their plan is to to save this country yeah rather than this stupid yeah. fucking game that we're playing to for ratings i guess it's yeah. for the media i, I know and, it's and nonsense i proposed this idea last year that instead of having these stupid debates and yeah they're all concerned about the ratings and all this if it's ratings you want i think we should take whatever the top 10 start with the 10 democrats on an arena tour mm. and and they come out together on the stage i love it there's music there's dancing yep. there's there's uh video of big screens there's comedy um, and then there's a discussion and it can change in each city. One of those one fifteen minute segment 
could could and should be Bernie and Elizabeth sitting and having a conversation. That's right. Like that debate, it could have been a roundtable conversation. Yeah. This thing about them being against each other and there's one winner, it's gross. It's like... Um, okay, you got to admit though, when she took down Bloomberg. No, uh, she's she's my hero. She's yeah. an American hero. She's my hero as like a woman, a badass woman in power, allowing her allowing herself to create discomfort and sit in that discomfort with pride. I love her. I'm just thinking strategically and who's you know what I mean. Like if if I have to pick one, which I do because we don't have ranked choice voting at this time, then Bernie's my guy. But I fucking love Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. I could not believe that out the gate. We were like, oh. If, you know, horse-faced lesbian, and I'm not talking about the president, <laughs> shit. Oh, the timing. my God. And he's just blindsided. He yeah. he hears it with a lag. When it hits him, it's, yeah. I mean, it was. The seven-second delay in his brain. Oh, my like, God. Wait, she wasn't talking about Trump. Yeah. <laughs> she was talking about me. That's right. And then also the NDA thing. Just oh. so violent oh. to see him talking about NDAs as though they're ever consensual. And yeah. then Biden jumps on it like a bully. Biden, <laughs> Biden backs her up. But Biden, then, the, the hair sniffer, backs, oh my backs her God. up. And also there was this one point at, at which he grabbed Pete Buttigieg's, whatever, Pete's arm in a yeah. way that I was like, this guy is just so handsy. It's for a... a yeah, a generation passed, and I don't yeah. think he's. You know, I don't. I don't know what his deal is, Biden. Like, you know, he's fine. All these candidates, I appreciate their. I appreciate them. Not not Bloomberg so much, although I really appreciate that he knows Trump and can rag on him in a in a way that's real and grounded. Yeah. yeah. But but I'm just like, what are we doing? Like Bernie and Warren are the two people that I really want to um, figure out who's the candidate here and. Also, whoever's not the candidate, can they please be vice president president? Because it would be unstoppable. Again, I had this idea last year and I I, I mentioned it to Bernie and I didn't have a chance to Elizabeth people wouldn't uh, uh, allow the meeting, I think, to happen. But um, my idea was to sit the two of them down in the room and say, look, um, have at it in the primary. Go for it. Both of you. Um, totally. At the end of the primaries, whoever has the most delegates yes. is the presidential candidate, and number yes. two of you is the vice president. I know that's my and you both agree. Dream. I'm giving you my delegates if I'm in number two. Hundred percent. Because here's what's going to happen, folks. That second, if it goes to a second ballot and they let the super delegates in, we're going to get some hack. Somebody who hasn't even run. They're going to yep. bring in somebody from somewhere that, like a Tim Kaine, that nobody knows. <sighs> right, right, right. And we're going to lose. Right. Um, oh God, they, we Tim need to win this on the first ballot and, and Bernie and Elizabeth need to support each other to make that happen. It's so sad to see what happened there, uh, with them back a couple months ago. Um, with the woman comment thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I totally understand why Elizabeth Warren would be insulted and annoyed. I totally get it. But in, you know, I'm coming from an enter, like the entertainment industry. I'm not in politics. I unfortunately, agree with the sentiment because I just um, because I just think that there's been so much um, toxic masculinity, so much hateful rhetoric toward women in the past four years. But this is my dream about the handing yeah. over the delegates. What did Bernie's team say? Um, well, they look, he loves Elizabeth and they have been <laughs> friends forever. That's why I was very sad when this happened. And um, I think actually both of them they love their country and they are not narcissists and they are going to Agreed. do 
what I just suggested, I believe will happen actually. Really? Yes. Amazing. Yes, because they're not going to let uh, Bloomberg or some other person we can't even name right now. Right, right. Brought in by the old party hacks, forced upon us, that will inspire nobody to get out right. and vote. All this work you and I and others will have done to inspire and get people out and it'll just, it'll, it'll be like a big bomb went off. And um, so I honestly, I'm optimistic Good. that something like uh, this will happen. And, 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 you know, Biden and Bernie actually get along pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you look at the polls, they, they ask now uh, if you're a Buttigieg supporter or a Warren supporter or whatever, Bernie, Who's your second choice? Oh, wow. And so the number one candidate for Biden voters as their second choice is Bernie. Oh, wow. And the same with Warren. Uh, the, wow. The, the, the last poll I saw was like 52% of Warren voters have Bernie as their second choice. So so this is the way we're going to have to kind of make this work. I hope what you say is true. That would just, I would just, oh my God, I would, that would be incredible. I think they would be an unstoppable team yes. nationally and internationally. They would yes. truly not only um I mean you can't reverse the damage that Trump has done. He has ripped families apart. They will never they will never get you know that trauma is embedded now in their experience and those children's experience. All the shit, all the fucking shit that he's done. It's it can't be undone, but we could move forward so productively and so um inclusively and healthfully right. if Bernie and Warren teamed up you know, I don't. I don't know what. None of us were there in, at their dinner. It was just the two of them, so none of us know what was re- really said. But I know Bernie well enough, for, and I've known him since he first ran for Congress, and I went and campaigned for him in, in Burlington. Um, I know him well enough that he was, he would never be of a mind that a woman can't make it or a woman right, can't be president. Totally. And and even if he believed that, he understood that we live in a misogynist country, and therefore it will be more difficult for a woman, perhaps. He's not actually going to even. I know him. He's so private in the sense that he won't say that. If, if there's a, if you're a woman, he's sitting there across from you. He's not going to want to deflate your right. optimism or your right. chances of believing that you can you can win. So I don't know if an aide put that out, and then Elizabeth had to figure out a way to deal with it. And you know, and I filmed her. She's been in two of my movies. I mean, I'm wow. I, I I think the world of her, and I just am so disappointed. But I think. In the same way, if Bernie, if this is, let's say the story gone this way, Bernie uh, or an aide of Bernie's told the press that he and Elizabeth had dinner together, and during the dinner, Elizabeth said to Bernie, "You know, a Jew can't be president of the United right. States," and it's like that right. sounds so awful and right. harsh, but maybe she explains and look, you're two percent. Jews are two percent of the population. I mean, they're not. You know, come on, let's just be honest here, and and. I, so I, I understand when I hear that from people, but I, I also like to, especially with, with Judaism, I'd like to explain to people that while anti-Semitism remains rampant uh, in the country, you go through the whole Midwest, it's nothing but Jewish senators. Wow. Where, where although the diaspora exists, right. it exists to a much less extent. Well, uh, I, I want to say, one thing I want to say is like, I, I've been working this into my, my, my hour that I'm doing on the road, but... I didn't think that a Jew could be president either before Trump mm. was. Mm. I was like, Bernie's running and I liked him, but I was like, I voted for Hillary because I thought no no way, no way could a Jew be there. president. But this yeah. is my joke is, but now once uh, Danny DeVito as Penguin 
as president, has been president for four years. I'm like, okay, a Jew can. And a woman, I think a woman would be a great president. But just yeah. in the in the um in the culture right now, there has yeah. been he I mean, Trump see it it appears that he just hates women and, and yeah. sees them as subhuman. And that he has had such a loud mic for four years no, and he has seated the darker side of the male gender. Right. To such a I mean, he already he got right. he won sixty four percent of the white male vote. I mean um, which I always tell people when, you know, if whenever you see three white guys coming toward you down the sidewalk, yeah. uh, know that two of them voted for Trump. Damn. Yeah. And then walk, no. walk across the street yeah. quickly to, right. to the other right. sidewalk. Oh, my God. Isn't that a thought? The way he treats his daughter sexually, the way he, like, you know, treats his wife, like that, that image after um, the Obamas and their really seemingly equal partnership it's, yeah. it's just been such a no I know. it's been so sad it's, for love and partnership yes absolutely the the um but i, I bring up judaism mm -hmm. if you don't mind i'd like Please. to just ask you about yeah. this because um the last week or two here i hear a lot of people saying wow you know i like bernie but he's so angry or mm. you know he's you know biden makes a joke to him quit flailing your arms around ah. and and you know He's always shouting. He's always screaming. And I'm thinking, now again, as a Michigander, uh -huh. having, you know, come here. Uh, so, yeah, you do notice that New York is not the Midwest. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but after you're here for a while, you see. And I think what they're really, I think what people are saying, and I'm not saying this is, uh, is anti-Semitism uh -huh. or necessarily. But, but what they're really saying is that in the same way that, they called Muhammad Ali back in the 60s a loudmouth, and right. any black person right. who spoke out was just a big loudmouth. Right. They'd have other terms, uh, worse terms. Yeah. Or if a woman in the 70s started speaking out, oh, she's so shrill. Right, right, that right. Was the word, that's the key code word yeah, I, of the misogyny toward. Right. And, and I think this sort of thing with Bernie, you know, he's always oh, he's, oh, and, <laughs> and the Larry David caricature, and which is not much of a character, it's pretty close to what he actually is. But, but I think that is there something about Bernie's Brooklyn Jewishness that makes some white Gentiles a little nervous and they are constantly, even the pundits, the pundits are always pointing out, why is Bernie always yelling? But why don't you just say, why is he so Jewish? Right. Why is he so well, it's expressive? Funny. You're like hitting so many points, not only in my Bernie material, but also in my oh, like. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's great. It's it's great. And like I would, in, I would write for you for free, by the way. I'm oh, saying, amazing! Saying, my upcoming Jew material as well. <laughs> like you know, it's funny when you talk about Jewish senators in the Midwest. I think a lot about Jews obtaining white status and WASP currency post World War II, and how there's been this way made, as you can tell by the the um, presence of Jewish identity in the Trump administration. You know, like. Jews used to be this progressive othered group and um, some have split off and uh, embraced the larger power structure mm. um, to obtain safety that is not, that is false, that is not truly um, yeah. offered to them when it comes down to it. Right. Um, but like, I hadn't thought about that. Like his, the media doesn't seem, doesn't support Bernie. Like the New York Times acts like he's not a viable candidate and yeah. it's, crazy to me for a, a publication that considers themselves so progressive he has perfectly progressive values yeah but i think it's also you're right it's not like the clean sort of like goopy 
you know. Um, He's a working class. Yeah. From and, Brooklyn. And and it's so it's so authentic. It's scary. And like so is Warren. Warren's authentic, but she just is waspier. And she is, you know, she is like that sort of like cleaner, sleeker look. And Bernie is so Jewy. But I think, but the, the other thing that you hit in my, from my material is I'm like, I literally see the culture and all this. I I think Larry David has made way for Bernie to be mm, president mm. because Larry David, like there's this sort of like Gen Z millennial thing of like people wanting to fuck Larry David, which mm-hmm. always like cracks me up because I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't see, you know, he's like so cute and like uh, uh, whatever, attractive guy, but I'm not like, yeah, I want to fuck Larry David. Like I don't think, you know, think of it like that. Um, but because there are some um, – young people who are like, ooh, Larry David. I'm like, that's actually like sets us up to receive Bernie as a leading male, which Jews haven't always, um, Jewish men have been uh, pigeonholed and um, emasculated over time. And I think that's why often Jews try to lean into like potential wasp currency, whiteness points, Mm. because it um, affords them a type of masculinity that wasn't otherwise, you know, what's a, What's a Jewish man? I'm like Woody Allen. No thanks, Larry David. I'll I'll take that one. Um, so I I do. I also think like he curb your enthusiasm literally paved the way for Bernie to win. And you, what you point out is right. Like, would a black man be allowed to be as angry as Bernie is on stage? No. no, no but right. but the media is not picking it up either. You know, it's right. not like offensive, like scary, at, like in the same way that the media would pick up if a, a black individual were doing it, were acting that way, but it's not packaged well enough for Bernie to be featured on the New York Times as their pick. They picked four potential candidates and Bernie wasn't, wasn't one of the one of four. Yeah. I'm like, what are your values right. then? Like, I just, I, I. Their values are, here's the thing with, I always think when I'm around Bernie and, and when he, and, you know, he's actually a fairly quiet person, but on the stage, it's, he's working out his, he never had a bedroom. He and his brother grew up in in Brooklyn in a two and a half, three room apartment. The parents had the bedroom. There was a living room in the kitchen. That's it. So the two boys slept in the living room. Wow. All growing up. This is. Oh my God. This is. So I think if you or I hadn't had at least some semblance of a bedroom. Right. We'd be. Yeah. <laughs> we'd sound like that too, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm also just like, thank God he's poor. Yes. Because so he understands. So that poor, there are more, way more poor people than rich people. Thank God. God, he's poor. Like, he looks poor. He sounds poor. I love that about him. Right. That is scary to the New York Times, who, who look and sound very rich. But I wish they would embrace true diversity and not just, like, their brand. Bernie looks, uh, like, it's funny. He, he, you know, he is, he reads as a poor individual. I know he's, like, worked his way up to having, like, a good job and whatever, Judge was talking about your homes and it's like yeah, yeah he lives in dc and lives in vermont like because he's, he's a split, senator he's got this split level house in in vermont the kind you and i would not want to live in right. you know and i'm sure to him growing up where he grew up it looks like it's right. pretty fancy and he's got his you know little place where he's I mean, he lives there in dc as because all senators and members of congress have to have a place there right but but um, uh, but yeah. yeah. But when they brought that up at the debate, though, too, then he. But he got a little defensive. I mean, all, the only time he's only had money in the last four years because he wrote a best-selling book. And if you get a bit, write a best-selling book, and you and I, we know this because we've worked for studios and networks and publishers or whatever. Better that money be in our hands than the studio, than right. the, than the network executives. Right. We will do better things with that money Agreed. than they will. 
So so yeah, so Bernie so he's, he made some money from a book. Right. That's it. And he he deserves to have a little country house in Vermont. He's yeah, he called in his seventies. I know. <laughs> that was cute. No, but I, it, it, seriously, if all our dads who worked in the factories in Michigan and Flint and Detroit, that was the thing. They, if you had a little cabin, a little one room fishing hut whatever uh, you, but you called it your summer place up right. in northern michigan right 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 it it um and mayor pete's like so proud to have one home i'm like great you know great but i was so angry at his divisiveness on yeah. that stage i was like this is actually weakening the country and the progressive movement yeah. right now you're not adding to the momentum with your platform you are breaking down momentum you were dissolving momentum but i do think that bernie is too jewy for a lot of people but i also think that because he reads as poor he reaches such large swaths of people yeah. i think his jewiness and like and likeness to larry david is what gets gen z and millennials right. excited i've said to him and i and i said it on a podcast here last week you know because his dad's family is all gone because of the holocaust um think about if you live in white society most of you have cousins. Imagine what it's like to not have cousins right. because your aunt and your uncle, uh, grandparents, whoever were, were executed, were killed, uh, in the Holocaust. It, it, um, boy, that's the kind of empathy you want that kind of person in the white house who had to grow up that way in that, in that sense. But he doesn't want to talk about it and he doesn't, he doesn't want to like just on 60 minutes the other night. He did. They, they, why don't you talk more about your, your personal story? It's great. Because mm. I'm sure all the marketers love that. Right. The, the politician with their personal. And he says, no, I don't, I'm not that kind of person. I don't do that. I don't. Uh, he doesn't go in the spin room after the debate. and Because right. he doesn't spin. Yeah. He's not a spinner. Yeah. You know. And and he, um, I said to him, why do, I said, like all the Muslims in Congress, all three of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> have, have endorsed you. The Muslim Democrats have endorsed you right. in New York. I mean, uh, amazing. Well, yeah, you've got all this Jew have yes, endorsed this Jew. The, all these Muslim groups across the country have endorsed the older Jewish man. Whoa! Talk about a unity candidate. Right. Talk about globally. Is there is there a more divisive thing going on in the world that continues to right. go on? That's right. And here you are, the Muslims. I have endorsed you. Uh, no, no, no. I can't. I can't do his voice. Yeah. But, I don't, I don't want to, don't bring religion into it. Yeah. Thank God. I mean, obviously Larry David was going to do him on SNL, but when I first heard Bernie, it made me think of Steinbrenner on Seinfeld. I was like, I, it sounds oh, exactly right. because Larry David's like shouting a little bit more. Yeah. It sounds exactly like Bernie. It's crazy. They're like, clearly they have like, they must have 95% of the same genetic code. They're both tall and skinny. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. And I'm telling you, Michael, like I, Four years ago, I was like, I'm not even looking at Bernie because a Jew will never be elected. But what Trump has done, the residual effects, he has definitely unraveled expectations about mm. the system. And now yeah. I'm like, I, I think he, I think Bernie could win. I by do. The, by the end of that election in 2016, the primaries, Bernie, the Jew, had won Oklahoma. I mean. Had won Montana. Wow. Had won Idaho. Mm. Um. It's it's you know he it's won also West Virginia, <laughs> the state that Trump won by sixty eight percent. Wow. Bernie won the Democratic primary in West Virginia. Wow. I um I I also like, you know, there's something there with his Holocaust history that I, I think white Christians relate to with yeah. the Holocaust. That that's like a story. Yeah. You know, slavery is like 
too big for a lot of people to wrap their heads around because it's in every floorboard of this country. But the Holocaust is this like more contained story that people, you know, you know, it's whatever Jewish um, persecution has happened forever and all this. But it's this four year story that people can understand. And maybe that's why in Idaho and Oklahoma, they can see where he comes from. Mm -hmm. It's like Holocaust done, immigrant done. Um, That is that's amazing. he 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 got in the Nevada caucus. Self-described Democrats who call themselves moderate or conservative Democrats, he got a third to half. I don't know the exact statistic, but it was a stunning statistic where he won even this piece of it. That, but I know that right. too from Michigan because I know that that there is a crossover. There are eight million Obama voters that voted for Trump, so there is there is there eight million Obama voters voted, voted for, for Trump? Trump. Yes, I know. That statistic. There are the so one, few voters. I'm like, is that the whole? How, I mean, don't how many people vote in this country? I there don't were hundred. There were 130 million uh, who voted in 2016. So two. So 170 that didn't. And one. And well, there's kids can't vote. Yeah, there's oh, 110 duh. million. 110 million, I think, that didn't vote. And 130 voted. Eight million Obama voters who voted for yeah, Trump. I wonder what yeah. had happened during that time. Um, and who did, they are. Yeah, I think a lot of them. Were they mostly uh, white people, poor white yes, people? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And life didn't get better for them yeah. under eight years of a Democratic president. Yeah. And so they don't like Trump personally, mm-hmm. but wow. he looked like a, I've said this before in the in Rumble here, that he was like a human Molotov cocktail that mm-hmm. they could throw into a system right. that hadn't right. And I get right it. by them. I get it. Just like the people who don't vote, I'm like, I, I get it because the system is so fucked up and made to seem like it's totally out of your reach. Like, but, I get he, that. Fifty-three percent of white women voted for Trump. The majority of white women voted for Trump. That statistic blew my mind. I, I am so um, <laughs> I am like, so ashamed as a white woman. I'm so ashamed about that. You know, a man who um, talks about has talked about on air um, having sex with his daughter on Howard Stern. Yeah. A man who uh, talked about grabbing women by the pussy. Yeah. I'm like that. Okay. It's just so offensive. That, right? and, and I'm like, how is that not the thing? How do you? Yes. Right. How, how do you? Yeah. Again, just like the as I was saying about Jews, like the patriarchy will not protect you. Women are the first to go. Yeah. Women are the first to go in this system. Like right. you are, you are the, we, we are slaves in rape culture. We are the rapeable in rape culture. It's, it makes me so um, scared actually that people uh, to think of someone wanting uh, to think of a woman electing Trump. I mean, same with Roy Moore, mm-hmm. all these white women voted for Roy Moore. Mm-hmm. The, the on record the mall pedophile. Yeah. And and white yeah. women voted. And every the other, uh, you know, all, m- most people of color, of course, black women, showed up to vote against Roy Moore, obviously. What's his name? Doug Jones? Doug Jones. Um, that was fascinating and scary. But, but also, when you have enough rhetoric that's anti-woman telling you you're not worth it. Yeah. You believe it. And, and I yeah. may seem like this empowered person, but I'm totally fucking insecure. I totally worry about my outside, my inside, like I get it, this insecurity. I relate to these women's insecurity. The action taken after that, I-, I And the oppressor knows that. And the, the oppressor knows how to manipulate that insecurity. Right. And, and, and to turn one, one part of the group against the other. Yeah. So that they never turn against that person in power. And, and so, you know, this his whole thing of saying that you grab women by the pussy or whatever, you know, when I heard that, actually, I got to tell you, when I when I first heard that tape of him saying that, grabbing by the pussy, my first thought was, he's never seen a vagina. 
Oh this, my God. This guy. Listen, yeah. to, listen to my theory on this. L-O-L. I don't think he has ever, <laughs> like in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You may yeah, have seen yeah. the picture. Right. But he's never in person met a vagina. Wow. Because if right. he had, if he had ever, because of being a super malignant narcissist, why would he ever go to the Southern Hemisphere to please his partner? Right. Totally. So, so he would never take his time right. to go down there. Absolutely. Because if he had Absolutely. gone, if he had gone down there, he would know, first of all, there's nothing to grab. Right. When you say, when you grab, <laughs> he said that, I'd never heard when he said it was locker room talk. I've been in a lot of locker I've never heard pussy grabbing. Yeah. Because <laughs> nature. If anything, you grab a titty. Yeah, yeah that, because that's on the outside. Right. But God or nature or whatever, put your reproductive organs up inside your body. Right. So, you know, left ours out, put yours up. And and, I, and I'm <sighs> thinking, so wow, there's, you, there's nothing there that you can grab. And the reason that he said that is because he's never seen in person a vagina. That's my theory. I, I believe it. And I, I, I imagine he has like rubbed himself up against women, but I, I agree. I don't think he's had a real conversation with a pussy no if he's done if he's done any of that rubbing he thinks that there's something on the outside right of women <laughs> i mean and there, I, I mean well there i'm, I'm, I'm talking true, about though. the it's true it's just I'm like i'm just saying there's not there's not there's not like four inches of something hanging off right, a woman right that you're gonna grab yeah there's nothing to grab there's nothing, nothing to, grab. to grab donald and just so violent like the way you said say yeah. it, the way he says it it's says like it in a you violent mean, manner the place the place that you came out of for life is yeah. that what you mean yeah the place that, that place yeah that place yeah that's what you grab uh of your own accord so gnarly that right so upsetting that that doesn't um but so revealing of what kind of a narcissist yeah. You know, that, that he he's is. He's just making it up. He's such a liar. <laughs> such a liar. A yeah. rude liar. 14 seasons on NBC. Oh, my God. Which is fine. I Go do have, fucking I television. Didn't you didn't have that. No. 14 seasons. No. Huge. Huge. Gross. He's a big, gross. Just um, so so violent. That's his. He's rude, a rude liar. That's what I take issue with. We're going to win this year, right? I think so. And the right? fact that you ta- said that about the delicate, the... yeah. We'll if that's, they'll do the right thing. I think so. You know why they're going to do the right thing? Because they're Bernie Sanders and they're Elizabeth Warren. That's right. That's you, right. Everybody listening to this knows exactly who they are. That's right. And no, and what motivates them, and and they're not people doing this because they want power. Right. You know. Right. And th- they they will do this, and they will have people like me encouraging them and supporting them, and we will not let that second uh, uh, ballot take place at the Democratic convention. That's right. Because we're going to get screwed on that. Um, they will do the right thing. I think we can win this year. I really, I really do. And once people get healthcare, yeah. it's not going to be such a, um, uh, and once they're not threatened that their healthcare is going to be taken away, it's not going to be so hard to imbue human rights values in our government. Cause people yeah. will be like, Oh, at least I'm covered if I break my fucking back. Right. And if you voted for Trump, you know what? We're going to cover you too. Everybody's going to have That's right. the healthcare. Of course. Everybody's going to go to the dentist. Everybody is going to be able to have childcare that they can have and afford, and, and you know, actually go to a go to a, a a Jenny social, right? And not have to worry about you know where I got. Oh, geez, I don't have anybody to watch the kids, right? You know, right? If you're in France, you don't have that problem. It's available, right? It's available. So it's free mostly if you're French, um, unless you have money, and then it's either a dollar or two dollars an hour. That's it. Wow. That is it. Wow. And that lets you get out of the house. 
that lets you have a life. Have a life. And and, and not resent your kids. No, like, be your own person. The kids are happier because mom right. and dad are happier. Yeah, right. You know? So the kids, we were down there with the Parkland kids, you know. Yeah. Um, well, they called Gen Z, but they corrected me and said, no, we call ourselves the Columbine generation. Wow. Because the seniors of that year when the shooting happened there last uh, in uh, in uh, 18, they uh, their moms were carrying them the year like wow. right after Columbine. I was in would, fifth grade when yeah. Columbine happened. Yeah. Do you have a memory of it? Yeah. I mean, it was so confusing because like my, where I grew up, it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't progressive. So we weren't told mm. things in uh, a certain way, but my, my parents, I don't really remember like how they spoke to me about it, but I just remember learning of it and how unsafe I felt. There's now a $2.7 billion a year industry around having these active shooter drills in schools and scaring the shit out of kids. Wow, I did not realize that was industry, but of course it is. Of course it is. It's like the whole homeland security industry, and there are people making big bucks. They do these things. They've convinced these schools now to let them charge in. Unbelievable. Have a a shooter come in, an actor, shooter. (sighs) Unbelievable. And the kids are freaked out. Do you know, did you see the last Dave Chappelle special? He talks about... um, like school shooters and he's like aren't we showing the school shooters the plan yeah that's not just a joke that is true every school shooter has now seen what the plan is where they're hiding it's so i didn't even of course that's profit-based that is awful yeah like why should children even be thinking about this no they're thinking about it in kindergarten and first grade before they can read and write they know how to respond to an no. active shooter. That Awful. is so friggin' wrong. That's so I'm wrong. Like, it's just and that's the, that's up to individual schools too. That's wrong. That's wrong. Wow. We, there are so many other things we could. Will you come back and do this another time? I will. Time? I would and, love to. This is a pleasure um, and an honor. I want to say again. And I'm going to try to come to to one of your, <laughs> I, your one of your I-95. Uh, <laughs> Because <laughs> you're really just a train ride away. That's right. To some of these, uh, I will I will buy you an Acela ticket and a hotel room. That's oh, no, that's you, our no, offer. Oh my god! You offer. Oh my god! You don't have to do that. But I, I would, I would. We would love to have you. I, I would love to. I would love to see myself dance. <laughs> I would love it, and you don't have to dance for long. And there's a stool right there, but like we could just like hold hands and dance a little bit, and then and then you sit if you want. It's yeah. not, it's, it's yeah. all gentle. No one will laugh at me. No, or no. All, whatever, whatever my high school fears. And also I'm a comedian. I'm like, people laugh at me all the fucking time. And I am like, I, I'm this person. But then it's like, oh, fine. Fucking laugh. Like laughing is sex is joy is eating yeah. is life. It's all, yeah. it's all good. So it's horny for the polls. Yep. Uh, tour. <laughs> and it's, is there a horny for the polls.com? That's right. Horny number four, T H A polls.com. Horny for that polls. That polls, P O L L S. Yeah. Now, funny story if you try to, some businesses and schools won't let you purchase tickets because they register this as a porn site because it says horny in it. So you can also go to alanaglazertour.com. Oh, so much better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. And okay, so nine cities for now. Yep. And there are two night events that have uh, the stand-up yep. on one night and the Jenny Socials yep. the next night. Oh, my God. This is such a great idea. Thank you so much. Anybody who just got inspired to think think of the, what you could do in your town. Think of ideas like this. Yep. Go, I mean, we used to back when I was younger in Flint, we were trying to get people elected. We would have like, <clears throat> if you, we'd have a party that night. And if you walked in with that I voted sticker on you, you got in for free and you got, and you got two free drinks. So hot. Just beer, you know, just get a whole bunch of beer. Yeah. Oh, oh, one year what we did 
was <laughs> we went we wanted to do, we can't do raffles legally with it so you just come with your i voted sticker and take it off and we put it on an index card and they put their name on it so there would be a raffle mm-hmm. and and we got a used car dealer to give us like three cars <laughs> and uh you know these like 800 beaters yeah but they worked wow and you could win a free car just because you went and voted but you can't come in and get the car unless you voted that's amazing and it did, it did like you know we were like oh my god we're gonna get in trouble for this but we made it we got called a lawyer made sure we were following the law and everything on the election law but but you know it's again it's just it's not horny for the polls but it's like yeah yeah but it is but somebody listening to this right now more than one person is thinking you know what i could do here in boise yeah you know what i i could do here in wichita um do it yeah whatever this show did for you today in this episode please uh do it. I want to thank uh, Ilana Glazer uh, for being my guest here. Thank you so much, Michael Moore. I, thank I was, you, thank you, thank oh, you no, for no. all your work and for having me. I couldn't believe you were coming over to do this today. Ah! You're, you're getting ready to go out on tour, and um, and 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 you're posting the latest uh, thing of you <laughs> on, <laughs> on the polls, on making the, you blush, making you tear away. And it's uh, but it's like, but again, please keep making us uncomfortable. Touch the nerve, the raw nerve. That's how we wake <sighs> up. That is how we wake yeah. up. And it's cathartic. And and pass my thanks along to Abby uh, for the Broad City years. That was incredible. And uh, more of this, more of you. Thank you, everybody who listened to this episode today. Please share it with other people. Make your comments on the, on the platform. And um, I look forward to talking to you uh, very soon. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks, thank everybody. Yes, bye. Have a good day. Bye. Don't forget to dance. Yeah.